Hello and welcome to the PMU NDA podcast. My name is Justin Pierce and I'm the editor. These podcasts are a series of short interviews with some of the amazing people who have taken part in the Practice Makes Our Perfect program. Of course, in association with Amy Keane, that helps men and women find and finesse public voices. So Louise, hi, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So before we kick off, do you want to uh, tell us a bit about yourself, your name, where you work, what you do there, and maybe a bit about your background? Um, I'm Louise. I work as Associate Director in Global Demand Development at Teeds, uh, which is an ad tech uh, company. Uh, in this role, I'm overseeing our strategic DSP partnerships as well as our product uh, commercialization. Uh, a lot of big words there, but um, very exciting work that, that I'm involved in. Fantastic. Okay, let's talk, kick off with the subject you want to talk about today, which is you know, couldn't be more sort of current and more, more important, I guess, everywhere, but especially in our industry. Yeah. Uh, leadership, is leadership too white and too male is your question. So, I mean, I guess, you know, the answer is obviously yes, it is. We know that. But why is this such an important topic to you? Yeah, so it's, that, that's a great question. Um, if we look at the top, you know, the top 100 companies in the UK, for example, there are more CEOs called Steve then there are people from an ethnic minority (laughs) (laughs) which is you know a really a really startling um stat when you think about it um I'd say you know why this is important to me um personally um you know I see the real value of having that diversity in leadership I think it definitely benefits you know businesses from from a commercial standpoint from a moral standpoint as well um if we look at a business standpoint for example being able to uh, provide opportunities for minorities to progress within business, um, you know, and, and across the economy is, is expected to contribute around 24 billion pounds a year. And that's what we leave on the table when we don't create the opportunities uh, for people to, to, to really be engaged. Um, so it, it, it's really a challenge in, in, in that sense. You know, and as I mentioned also the moral point, it is the right thing to do to be able to reflect the societies in which you're operating in. Um, you know, it, it does also enable you to be able to, to anticipate, you know, the needs of, of different and more diverse communities. Okay, so let's talk about how we, we change that. As you say, there's lots of research that's kind of proving the, the financial value to companies for, you know, taking a stance on diversity, uh, but it's, it's still moving, moving slowly. So how do you think, how do you think this change can happen, happen faster? Yeah, it's a great question. So a couple of years ago, I believe it was back in 2017, we had the uh, McGregor-Smith review uh, into, into race in the workplace. Uh, workplace. Um, and and they, they discussed around five different ways that we can really address, address this issue. Um, first of all, starting with, with gathering the data. So we have to know where we are to really gauge uh, the true sense of, of, of the problem. Um, so as, as an individual business, that's understanding where you are, being able to set more ambitious targets to improve that uh, and, and regularly reporting on your progress. Um, and what's really important when we talk about this, it's, it's not a matter of, of shaming businesses. I think sometimes we can see gotcha headlines, you know, you've only got X amount of minorities or X amount of women, but it's really about encouraging companies to be honest, assess where they are so that we can put in place the necessary frameworks uh, to address that. Um, and I think importantly as well, it's around taking accountability. You know, culture is not something you can delegate. It's not just a HR issue. Uh, it's something that you know, we need to see more senior leadership taking ownership for uh, and setting the tone uh, from the top. So whether that's sponsoring key targets, including DNI as part of it, you know, their key performance indicators, not just revenue. That's really how we, we start to, to, tackle, uh, to tackle and address, address these issues. 
I think that's a great point. It's not about shaming businesses. And obviously, you know, with social media, it's, it's easy to have a social media pile on and, you know, point fingers, especially when, you know, you can go to any company and have a look at the board. And generally, as you say, it's white and male, even though, uh, you know, I'll be back on might be talking good game publicly. So what about in terms of what individuals can do? You know, if you're, yes, you know, it's taken this road that the senior leadership team should be making moves here. But what if you're, you know, what if you're, someone more junior working in a company and for instance you do see the fact that uh you see your leadership team talking about diversity mm-hmm. out on social media at conferences however you know that's not the actual truth uh inside your own company what can you do yeah so we've i think we've seen a lot of uh, employees take the nuclear option and, and sort of put the companies on blast on social media so that's that's one strategy that you can take um, but I think in terms of, of really addressing that change, when you are in a junior position, it, you can sometimes fall powerless, and, and I understand that. Um, but one of the things we can we can look at as businesses is, you know, initiatives like reverse mentoring. So being able to amplify those those voices within the business and ensure they're getting to, to the right level and where, you know, people's stories are being heard. I think that's, that's the important thing, being able to create the spaces uh, for individuals to do that, not to just say when you get to X position, then we can hear, but actually, how do we engage with you at all levels of the business? Okay, interesting. Now, what about, I mean, Teed is obviously, you know, a fascinating company. It's a global company. It powers lots of the great stuff that all consumers sort of live their lives through. Now, is there an argument that, on top of everything you're saying, that if the companies that are producing the services, the advertising, the culture in which we all live are, are not diverse, then what's that going to do? to the products and services that they're producing? Yeah, it, it's a great question. Um, I think we've seen a number of missteps over the years. You know, you'll see ads that come out and think, did anyone actually approve this? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how did this actually get through? Um, I, I think it's, you know, having having that diversity of thought, especially in the creative process, is going to allow you to, to pick up on some of these the, the, these issues before, you know, before, you know and, and, and employ that into the product that, that you are producing. Um, so I think it, it's, it's definitely it's definitely an important thing. I think there was a study back in uh, 2015. Um, don't hold me to that. It was from um, BCG um, that was talking about how having diverse teams is, is, is able to drive innovation. Um, and it's actually the type of innovation that 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 serves all all, all different you know, all different communities from from all different walks of life. So it, it's really important. Yeah. OK, let's talk a bit about, you know, what you're doing at Tease. What, yeah. what, do, you, what do you see? What's most exciting you at the moment what sort of trends are going on in the market that make you jump out of bed in the morning you know what's exciting and let's let's not not talk about pandemic that's all we talked about for a year but you know what's going on what's what's exciting you awesome um from from a business standpoint um so in in, in my current role um, i'm overseeing our, our performance programmatic offering um so that's definitely one that's one that's interesting for me if we look it, it will be tied into the pandemic i'm afraid um but if we look at the way um the, the, the way that we've you know we've seen brands change um we're seeing a lot more of the the performance campaigns coming through brands are looking to um to to, to sort of you know see, see more efficiency um across their buys it's not just a matter of raising awareness but you know how we you know moving consumers further down the funnel so it's really been interesting for me to be able to develop that product from a programmatic standpoint for the business um so I think it's definitely exciting to to work with the team on um every day I'd say bringing it sort of um, back to the topic that we were covering. Um, it's also encouraging to see the steps that, that Teeds as a business, I think, is, is taking here. So one of the things that I mentioned um, in terms of how we address this is being able to understand uh, where we are 
and that's something that you know we're doing as a company internally I, i'm not sure if we, we, we've published the figures externally but we've, we've certainly done the you know the research to identify where are our gaps um so it, it's, it's great to see that those conversations are ha you know are happening um you know we, we've put in place dni um dni um boards as well which i think is is a great initiative to have across the different markets that we're in um you know as as a truly global company um i think it's it's easy sometimes to miss that point and say because we're global we're inclusion you know we're inclusionary but you know it, it's, it's it's really being able to understand that at a local level are we creating the right opportunities and spaces um for, for all groups to thrive and i think we are we're having the necessary conversations now to enable us to do that okay interesting so the dni boards how do how do they work exactly so we've we it's something that we've only implemented um in the past few um past few months but i'll, I'll speak um more so for, for for the one that we have here in the uk um it's really about you know we're bringing together a, a, div a diverse cross-section um of of the company that we have um i think one of the mistakes that we, we might see when we have these types of groups is you know believing that only minorities can speak on these types of um on these types of groups so it's really great to see that we have a, a really broad cross-section um you know re represented here we are still in the early stages um but we're having the conversations we're discussing the taboo topics we're having that at this level and, and sort of understanding how do we as a group create the spaces to enable those conversations to happen across um across the company to make it comfortable to have it you know if, you know i'll give the example i was on a call um a few weeks ago and one of the team members had you know had made a comment outside of the office it might seem controversial but you have to enable people to feel comfortable to, to say that and to learn and to grow and that's that that's really what we want to, to try and achieve in this role is, is awareness but also change okay interesting so what so you know you're creating the spaces to let these these often difficult conversations happen what are your tips for other companies that are looking to do this you know how do you create these spaces yeah it's a great question so back in the the um the the mcgregor smith group that, that, that i was mentioning earlier um so one of the the recommendations that the 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 team had made there was um, that this should really be mandated from the government. We should be having resources that, that are centralized that companies can use. Um, so that's definitely one way that I think that this, you know, this sort of, um, these sort of conversations can be facilitated. Um, but I think what we need to do is, 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 is to be able to, um, when we say create this, these spaces is to define the language that we're using. So it's not just, you know, bring out all of your, <laughs> all of your dark secrets and all your dark thoughts. Um, I think that that's not necessarily going to be the best way forward, but let's define the rules. Let's define the language that, that we accept when we're having these conversations. Um, so that even though we make it that, you know, as an individual, you feel comfortable bringing your, your, your concerns or your thoughts, you know, to be challenged, to learn, to grow, um, you're not doing so at the expense of, of, of someone else. Um, so I think it, it's really, let, let's define the parameters of, of which we have this conversation spaces where you're not going to be judged for what you're saying but you will be you know you'll be educated it's not just a you know and there has to be action beyond that we're not just saying come to the table say your concerns but how do we educate you how do we give you the tools that you need to, to address any bias for example that you may have um so that you actually leave with with actionable um actionable points to address Fantastic. Well, listen, you've given us some really great stuff to think about and lots of great tips. I love the way you talk about how you have to define the language to actually make this stuff happen properly. So, Louise, it's been superb talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Justin. And thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>